if I don't interfere with these microphones here. How's that? So, I'd like to thank you for the opportunity to bring God's word. Um, I'm going to be using a style of bringing God's word that is a little bit different than you might be used to. Um, the last time we were here, um, I tried this style as well. It's called Simply the Story. It's very loosely based on this style because um, I don't follow all of the same rules that Simply the Story uses. Um, so if you're familiar with Simply, Simply the Story, you might see some differences between what I do and what Simply the Story teaches. Um, but it's a, it's a means of presenting the gospel to a culture that is more oral-based. Um, and we work in a country that needs that. They need someone to tell stories and to hear the word orally uh, because they're much more likely to engage with the word if you talk about it orally as opposed to taking out a book and opening it and reading it. So that's the style that I'm going to be using this morning. Um, so you don't really even need to open your Bibles yet. Um, I'm going to ask you not even to open them, to keep them closed, and just listen. Listen to the story. Um, I'm going to tell the story once, and then I'm going to tell the story again. And that, the second time I tell the story, I'm going to leave some things out, and you guys are going to help me, um, help me remember the things in the story. And then the third time, um, I'll explain later what you're going to do with the story. Why do we do this? Well, the purpose is for, one, the most important aspect of what we're doing here is the word. And uh, hearing it three times, I think, is a great way to emphasize that. The other reason is that you guys need to learn this story. Why do you need to learn the story? So that you can go out and share it with somebody. Um, and that's, again, one of the most important things that we're doing here is that we are equipping ourselves for going into the world and sharing the good news, sharing what he's done for us. So this story is found in Acts chapter 8. But before I tell the story, by way of introduction, I just want to share a little bit about who the story is about. Think about the context that this story is in. Um, the person that this story is about is Philip. And who was Philip? Well, he was a Jew. He was a disciple of Jesus. A disciple not in the sense of an apostle, but a disciple in the greater sense that he had heard of Jesus and maybe even seen Jesus. Maybe he had seen him die. Maybe he had seen him rise to life. Uh, he had put his trust in Jesus as the Savior that he claimed to be. That's who Philip was. He was a disciple of Jesus. Not only that, he was one who had been recognized as someone who is in, could, could serve in the church. Um, if you remember... In Acts, there was a, there's a story about the choosing of seven people who would help to alleviate some of the burdens that the apostles had, um, particularly surrounding distribution of food to widows. He was seen as someone who could fulfill that role. Um, another one who was in that list of names is um, Stephen. And Stephen is described in that passage as someone who is full of the Spirit. 
And I don't think that's just for Stephen, but also for Philip as well. Philip was a man who was full of the Spirit, and he was recognized as someone who could fulfill the role of serving in the church um, because of the Spirit inside of him. And his, yeah, who he was in Christ allowed him to have the Spirit and to be a part of the work that God had called him to. A part of that work is that the apostles laid their hands on these seven men and, uh, yeah, equipping them for the task that they were given. And so that's Philip, a little bit of background about Philip. So I'm going to tell a story about Philip. Um, and it's a story that I think helps capture the idea of what it means to be full of the Spirit and listening to the Spirit and responding to the Spirit. I know that there are times in life when I struggle with that. What does God want of me in this situation? I was given an opportunity not too long ago. A friend of mine, um, his father came to our house and he was asking me for money. Not just a little bit of money, um, not $100, $200, but he was asking me for $70,000. <laughs> and I felt so helpless. You know, what on earth can I do for a person who needs $70,000? I felt very helpless and just, what, what can I do? So I talked with him a little bit, found out the reasons why. Um, he, he is a, a typical Tajik Uzbek person who um, is experiencing the financial crisis that's going on in Tajikistan right now. Um, the sanctions that, are, that America and other nations have imposed on Russia are having an impact on not only Russia, um, but other nations as well. Um, and Tajikistan, the, the Tajik Samoni, is impacted by those sanctions because the, the ruble against the dollar is very low. And because of that, many Tajiks and Uzbeks, their money does not go as far anymore because of those sanctions. And so um, he was also someone who had made some bad business decisions and um, had had some money that he had tried to invest in Uzbekistan, the country next door, and that business venture went wrong. And so he was in great debt, and he was telling me, that the bank was going to take their house if they didn't pay this debt off. Um, they would take the house and sell it for whatever they could get, and he would be out of a home. I wish I could say that there was a, a wonderful solution to the problem, um, but yeah, I was just at a loss in that situation. What, what do I do for this person? I really needed the Spirit to guide me, and I, I do believe that the Spirit had led me to want to share. It was kind of after the fact, after he had already left, want to share a story with him about a widow who had been supplied for um, through amazing ways. And so I had missed my opportunity. He was gone. I didn't have his phone number. I knew where he lived, but it's kind of odd to go to someone's house and say, I have a story for you. So. I was a little bit nervous of doing something like that. So I just prayed about it and asked the Lord that he would maybe provide another opportunity to share that story with him. And that's exactly what happened. I happened upon him in the bazaar at one point, And I was able to share that story. 
you know, it doesn't fix the problem, but it was a step in the process. And I was really thankful that the Lord had provided that opportunity once again, um, an opportunity to, yeah, to hear the Spirit and to obey what the Spirit is saying. That's what we're called to do, but sometimes it's difficult. And how does the Spirit communicate? How do we know what he wants us to do and when he wants us to do it? I think there are some things in this story in Acts that can be an encouragement and a challenge to continue to listen to the Spirit and be faithful and obedient to what the Spirit is calling us to do. So here is the story. It begins in Acts chapter 8, verse 26, and it goes through to verse 39. Let me share this story with you. Now, an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Rise, go toward the south, to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert place. And he rose and went. And there was an Ethiopian, a eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians. He was in charge of all her treasure. And he had come from Jerusalem and was seated in his chariot, reading from Isaiah the prophet. And the Spirit said to Philip, Go over and join this chariot. And he ran to him. And when he heard him reading Isaiah the prophet, he said to him, Do you understand what you are reading? How can I, unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now the passage that Philip, I'm sorry, the passage of scripture that he was reading was this. Like a sheep, he was led to the slaughter. And like a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he opens not his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. And the eunuch said to Philip, About whom, I ask you, is the prophet speaking? About himself or about someone else? And Philip opened his mouth, and beginning with this scripture, he told him the good news about Jesus. And as they were going along the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, See, here is water. What prevents me from being baptized? And they both went down into the water, Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And as they were coming up out of the water, 
the Spirit of the Lord carried Philip away, and the eunuch saw him no more and went on his way rejoicing. So that's the story. That's the first time, and now we get the privilege of hearing the story once again. But this time, I need some help. I need you guys to, to help me out. I'm going to leave some words out and see if you can remember the story. I might even say some things that are very opposite, and I need your correction. Okay? So here it goes. Now, an angel of the Lord said to who? Said to Philip. Rise, go toward the south, to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. Now, what kind of place was this? It was a desert place. And he decided that he was going to stay back and have a party instead of being obedient. He rose and went. And an Ethiopian, a eunuch, a court official of Candace, who was in charge of what? All her treasure. He had come from Jerusalem. He had come from worshiping in Jerusalem. And was, what was he doing? Seated in his chariot and reading from Isaiah the prophet. And the Spirit said to Philip, what did he say? Go over and join this chariot. And Philip said, oh, I've got to watch a television show. There's no way I can do it right now. He ran to him. And when he heard him reading from Isaiah the prophet, he said to him, what did he say? Do you understand what you are reading? And what did the eunuch say? How can I unless someone guides me? Now, the passage of Scripture he was reading was this. Like a sheep before, sorry, like a sheep he was led to the slaughter. And like a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he opens not his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. And the eunuch said to who? The eunuch said to Philip, about whom, I ask you, is the prophet speaking? About himself or someone else? And Philip, what did he do? He opened his mouth and beginning with this scripture, he told him, what did he tell him? Good. The good news about 
Jesus. And as they were going along the road, they came to water. And the eunuch said, See, here is water. What prevents me from being baptized? And they both went down into the water. Who? Philip and the eunuch. And he baptized him. And as they were coming up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord, what did he do? Carried Philip away. And the eunuch saw him no more, but went on his way rejoicing. Okay, that's the second time. Very good. Seems like you guys know some of this story. So let's do it one more time, but this time I'm going to have you turn to your neighbor. And I want one of you, just one of you, to share that story with your neighbor to the best of your ability. doesn't have to be perfect. Just all the details that you remember, share it to the best of your ability. I'm going to give you a little bit of time to do that. Go ahead and share that story with somebody. I have a cup up here. <laughs> okay, thank you for, for that. Um, some of you are very, I don't know if, what, what you would call it, uh, digital recorder ears, um, something like that. Some of you are very accurate in your memory. That's, that's great. Um, so our hope is that, I mean, you've learned a little bit about the story and that you can take this story and share it with somebody. Um, and that's a bit of practice in sharing that story. So I want to walk back through the story slowly and thinking about the different aspects that we find in this story and how they might apply to our lives. So an angel of the Lord says to Philip to rise and go toward the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So God is revealing to Philip what he wants him to do. And he uses an angel to do it. Isn't that amazing? God blesses Philip with this experience of seeing an angel and communicating to him what he wants. I know there's a lot of debate as to whether God still uses angels, um, but I do believe that he continues to use angels to speak to his people. Not necessarily things pertaining to salvation, because that's all presented for us. We don't need any extra information. But there are times when we need to know something in particular, and God uses an angel to speak to his people to indicate what needs to happen. Naomi had an experience not too long ago when she was leading trips for Camp Kareth at the time. Um, it's now Cedarbrook, but she was out on a canoe trip, and she had the responsibility of getting these girls to the place that she needed to go. And they had come to a portage that they needed to go to, and they couldn't go on that portage, so they had to go somewhere else and find a different way. And because of that, they didn't really have any idea where they were. And so they came to a place that they thought they were, 
according to the map, they thought they were at one place, but they really didn't know what to do. And so as they were in their boat, another boat came along with two elderly ladies that came and told them exactly on the map where they were. And then she told the driver where they needed to be picked up because of that. They were rescued. And she turned around to thank the two ladies, but they were gone. The canoe, everything was gone. Nothing was there. And she believes that it was an angelic experience and that the Lord had helped them in that particular situation. Praise the Lord for the ways that he can communicate to us and let us know what we need to do. Another way that the Lord communicates to Philip is through his spirit. It says that the spirit told Philip to go over and join the chariot. This is obviously an audible voice saying something to Philip for him to do. And because of the Spirit, he was able to do that. God spoke to him through the Spirit. The problem is that we don't typically see angels every day, and we don't typically hear the voice of God through his Spirit every day. But he has given us other things as well. There's a third thing that God does for Philip, and that's his word. Because the eunuch is reading from the word in Isaiah. And Philip had to know the word in order to be able to be used by God in this situation. If he did not know that these words, like a sheep, he was led to the slaughter, if he did not know that those had come from Isaiah, and if he did not know that those words are speaking about Jesus, he wouldn't have been able to share the gospel with the, the eunuch. But Philip, I believe, was one who had taken the time to be someone who knows the word. He had spent the time learning God's word. As many good Jews were, they memorized large portions of scripture, and I think it was to his benefit of course, there is the spirit in times when we're struggling with remembering where, did, where does that come from? The spirit does interact with us and does give us good recall and good memory. But it's also important for us to spend the time that we need to in learning the, God's word and becoming familiar with it so that we can be used by God and we can understand his will for us in certain situations because we've taken the time to prepare for it. Again, I mean, we, if we think about Philip, he wasn't an apostle. He wasn't a, a preacher. And yet, God used him. He had taken the time to prepare himself to be used by God. He was a deacon in the church, as we might call him. He was there to serve, to serve the, the physical needs of widows. And yet even Philip, God was using in this story, which comes later on. 
again, thank the Lord that he has provided us with his word for us to know exactly what we need. And it's something that we have when we don't have those angelic experiences or the spirit speaking to our hearts. We have the word that we can turn to and understand his will for our lives. But we must be ready to use it and to use it well. So Philip was a man who knew God because of these things that he had provided. An angelic experience, the spirit of God within him, and the word of God. But it's not enough to just have those things. He has to be someone who acts upon those things. And so, again, as we look back at the story and think through, how did Philip react to these things? Because oftentimes it's not necessarily for me, it's not necessarily that I don't know or I don't hear or I don't perceive that the Lord is telling me to do something. It's the challenge of actually doing it and being obedient to what the Lord has told me to do. So the angel says to Philip to go toward the south to a road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. And what kind of place was it? It was a desert place. What kind of struggles would he have been having at this point? Being told to go toward the south. What kind of directions are those? I was talking to people at Northern Frontier and thinking about this story in in that context. Northern Frontier is way up in the Adirondacks in the wilderness as this word can also be translated. And it's, imagine if someone had said to a camper, go toward the west, to the trail that goes down from northern frontier to Big Bad Luck, it's a lake. That's a very wilderness kind of place. So there would have been some confusion in Philip Where am I supposed to go? What am I supposed to do? And yet, he rose and went. His obedience is amazing. And praise the Lord for it. He rose and went and was obedient to what the angel of the Lord had told him to do. There are times when God asks us to do things that are quite unclear. He just gives us a little bit of information, not the full picture, and yet we're called to be obedient even in those situations. There's all kinds of uncertainty that we wrestle with in times like that, and yet we're called to obedience. And as Philip demonstrates here, he has everything that he needs to do that. The Lord has supplied him with everything he needs to be obedient. Again, if we think about Philip in this context, uh, Philip was, I didn't share this before, but Philip was married. At some point we read about his four daughters who prophesy later on in Acts. So he was married. Maybe he wasn't married at this point, but if he was, think about that. Think about the people that he would have talked with uh, about this. What kind of experience might he have had? People would have said, what? 
The Lord said, what? Didn't give you any indication as to where you're supposed to go? There's no specifics? Is this really the Lord speaking? Maybe he experienced some ridicule, people laughing at him and saying, did the Lord really say this to you? And yet, he was obedient. Another aspect that we can think about in the challenge that Philip faced in obedience is not only the ambiguity as to where he was supposed to go, but when he actually got up and went, what else did the Spirit say to him? The Spirit said to him, go over and join this chariot. What was he asking Philip to do in that situation? The word that's used there is, is also the word that means cling. Does that give you a better picture of what the Spirit is asking Philip to do? Where is this chariot going? He was returning. The eunuch was returning. That means he was in the midst of going somewhere. He was seated in his chariot. And the chariot was moving. And the Spirit says, go over and cling to this chariot. Can you imagine what's going through his mind? This is a dangerous situation. I, I'm supposed to go and join this chariot that's moving. There's a lot of danger involved in something like that. And who was this eunuch? Well, he was a, in charge of all of the treasure of a queen. Can you imagine what one of our government officials would be traveling like? Would he have been traveling the same? I would imagine so. He had gone to Jerusalem to worship and was returning back to Ethiopia, probably surrounded by people to protect him because he was important. Again, Philip is told by the Spirit to go join a moving chariot that's probably loaded with men who could do something to him. It really opens our eyes to the challenge that it would have been for Philip to say, yes, I'm going to do this. But the Lord doesn't always require of us things that are safe or things that are easy. He's asking him to do something that's very dangerous, to go over and join a moving chariot and talk to somebody. He has no idea who this person is, what they will say, what they will do. It's an interesting picture. One lone man coming to a chariot of a court official of Candace. There's quite a lot of danger involved in that. And yet, what does he do? He decides, I'm going to go home and forget this. It's too dangerous. I can't do it. Now he ran to him. What obedience. It's amazing. A lot of times when we tell people that 
were working in Tajikistan, one of the first questions, as you can imagine, is, is it dangerous? Is it dangerous? We feel very safe in Tajikistan. We don't feel any danger. But I don't typically say this, but what I'm thinking deep inside is, who cares? Who cares if it's dangerous? The point is not whether it's dangerous. The, the better question is, did God say to you to go to Tajikistan? And if that's a yes, then what does it matter? We need to be obedient when the Lord asks us to do things that may be uncomfortable, things that may be challenging, things that may be dangerous even. You know your situation. You know what the Lord has challenged you in. Are you willing to be obedient in that situation? Sometimes it's sharing with a coworker. Sometimes it's giving up the good paying job and going to who knows where. Maybe in, to work in the inner city where you don't know what the Lord will do there. You don't know what kind of dangers you might face. Or moving halfway across the country to work on an Indian reservation. Or flying on an airplane to another country to work in a situation that you have no idea what the Lord will do there. The Lord is calling us to certain challenges that we need to lay before him and be honest. Yes, it's dangerous. Yes, Lord, I'm afraid. Yes, Lord, take this fear from me, but help me to be obedient to what you've called me to be. This is one of the only times in Acts that this kind of situation for Philip is recorded. There was, in, in the story before, um, Philip has some interactions with Samaritans. Later on, Philip is mentioned with his daughters, but nothing miraculous like this. And so we do have to keep that in mind that as we look at a story that is filled with power and amazing things happening this is just once in Philip's life but the Lord equipped him to be faithful and respond when the time was right and I hope that we as God's people will prepare ourselves for such times as these and if we've missed certain times, like I shared earlier with the man that had come to our house, I felt like I left that situation feeling like I could have done so much more. I could have said so much more. And yet the Lord was so faithful and gracious to provide another opportunity. And so as we, if we have missed, if we've missed our faithfulness or uh, haven't, taking advantage of what the Lord has provided for us. He is so gracious to provide other opportunities as well. 
just good for us to keep that in mind that the Lord in his grace he knows our limitations and the things that hold us back and he is very gracious to us and yet we need to be willing to step out and be obedient and faithful when the time arrives and be prepared for those times when he's called us to it and the preparation comes in knowing who he is and what he wants of us it begins with a relationship with Jesus Christ knowing that he is the one that takes our sins and helps us to be people who can respond to the spirit the way that Philip has and then he provides us with his word he provides us with angelic beings he provides us with a spirit to communicate to make things known to us And may the Lord bless us as we do what he's called us to do. Let's pray. Lord, we are so thankful for the communication that you have given to us, the challenges that you have placed before us. We lift these things up to you knowing that you have given us everything that we need to live a life that is pleasing, to live as people who demonstrate that we are your people. We ask for continued empowerment, for your spirit to be at work in us, to be people who respond quickly, who act on the things that you have communicated to us. And Lord, Sometimes we miss it. But that's why Jesus died for us. We thank you so much for his grace, for his righteousness, that he responded to you the way that we haven't. But please, Lord, may that grow in us a desire to respond better, to respond to your spirit, to respond to what you've communicated to us with faithfulness and strength. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.